Welcome to the Mobile Game Dev Playbook. This podcast is brought to you in association with Game Refinery. Join us as we uncover the latest trends in mobile game design. Hello and welcome to the Mobile Game Dev Playbook. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. This is a podcast all about what makes a great mobile game what is and isn't working for mobile game designers, and all of the latest trends. I'm John Jordan, and uh, joining me today, we have uh, two experts. We have uh, Erno Kieski, who is the uh, Chief Game Analyst at Game Refinery by Liftoff. How's it going, Erno? Hi, hi, John. It's going great. How are you? Yes, good. Good to have you back. And uh, very excited. We, we have uh, we have Sonia Skrogland, uh, who is a Game Analyst at Game Refinery by Liftoff, uh, specializing, at least in today's episode, on uh, on Japan. So first time on, Sonia. You excited? I'm very excited. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Always good to have some new blood on there. So um, in this episode, we're going to be talking um, about seasonal events in, in free-to-play mobile games. So we spend a lot of time talking about live ops and, and um, there's lots of and collaborations and that sort of thing. We've done that sort of recently in some of our episodes. Uh, seasonal events are, I guess, a, a subset of that and come with their own sort of interesting sort of challenges and interesting opportunities. Um, so th- that's what we're going to focus on today. And Erno, you're going to sort of kick us off. You've been looking at this in, in some detail. So so what do we need to think about from a high level when we think about seasonal events in free-to-play mobile games? Yeah, sure. So we start off by just looking at like what what events we have and, and we... If we, especially nowadays, more and more, you know, global games, totally global from different cultures and so on. So there are like almost some kind of seasonal event going somewhere all the time. So of course, there's the big ones, you know, uh, especially for the Westerns, you know, Christmas, New Year, uh, Halloween, th- those kind of events, which are like classically the big ones. But nowadays, if you look, more and more of these games, there are like some kind of event running, some kind of seasonality that can be utilized and tap into a specific topic. So a lot of, lot of, you know, places to kind of like uh, dig from or like uh, get inspiration or like use as a part of your framework. But then if we go to the actual implementation side and, and how these events are, if you look at seasonal events, like John already mentioned in the intro, it's pretty much like many games, especially in the West, they are not necessarily in that sense, somehow like super special or separate from your like game's actual event framework. So the most common cases are that there's like a suitable seasonality to kind of like for a specific event type that you have running in your game or you, you have, you know, event loop that you are using or specific type of events that are constantly on. But then now the skin, the team of the event is just concerning the whatever the season is at the moment so if we start from like really high high level of what kind of uh, events especially now talking about in the western uh, point of view first so usually the kind of like the most simplest one uh, is just you know changing your ui uh, to represent you know seasonal active uh, festivities i don't know like during christmas time you have your menu is there's winter and some like santa claus uh, somewhere or stuff like that the kind of like the most simplest uh, format of somehow, you know, connecting the current season, current vibe, what is going on in the world, so to speak, into your game as well. Then the kind of like maybe the next step from there is just offering, you know, event-related offers. So you have IAP offers bundles that are basically the U, kind of like the UX of that bundle or UI of that bundle is 
done with the kind of like a specific seasonality. And there might be, depending on the game type, there might be some, you know, different, for example, I don't know, skins that are now like Halloween themed as an example. And then I would say the third step from there is the kind of like the proper event, so to speak. So there are actually some playable content, whatever tasks, rewards, and usually all of these previous kind of like aspects, having offers, having the UI changes and stuff like that are uh, part of that. I would say that is the kind of like the, the basic way uh, that these events are run. And then if we start to look at a little bit more than in the depth of kind of like a, what kind of events there are, I would say the most common nowadays is this podcast's favorite term, uh, favorite thing is paddle passes. And if we look at the modern mobile game market, the most common way to bring, especially on the casual market side, how to bring seasonality is that they are teaming a, that season's one month paddle pass with the specific, you know, winter team, Christmas team, New Year team, Lunar New Year uh, team, whatever. Your uh, battle pass season is now teamed with with that specific one, and a lot of these like Gardenscapes, Angry Birds, Dream Blast, Redecor, Klondike Adventures, just to name a few. That's how they kind of like it. Uh, use the seasonality, and then for example, if the game has a skins, might have a, like one cosmetic item uh, regarding uh, that uh, team and seasonality, and so on. And then kind of like the same mentality goes to the all of the other different types of events that you have running in your game. So, of course, this depends now so heavily on the subgenre type of a game you have. But if you look at especially casual market as an, as an example, a lot of the Western market, US market especially, are based on uh, casual games and puzzle games and st- so on. So you have your common event types there. As an example, I would give... Uh, the scapes games and these kind of a, like a match three meta games have a lot of uh, one of the kind of like common event types is to have these currency events so to speak so they are that that you just play your you know usual levels you earn an event currency which then you can use to purchase event items from the store and then you know use those to decorate your home or garden or that meta layer that you have in the game really really common way to kind of like a bring seasonality into the games and then another one you know you might have a separate event area or like island with a kind of like a seasonal team this sometimes in match three games with those kind of meta especially the merge three games like Overmerge and these type of a games where you have a like a area that you are building then often how they run their events is that you have a separate event economy separate event island and then that is you know christmas island for example for that period and you use that and then for example idlers are one genre that how they operate live uh, live ops or live events the most common way is to have an, like a separate idler economy which is kind of like totally separated from your main progression economy but you have an event island and now okay now we have a new year uh, island and so on so i would say those are like some of the you know key ways but i would say in the west the most common and uh, common way to bring seasonality is to kind of like adjust you know reskin utilize your already existing event frameworks and event types that you are running in the game and then just to be honest 
use the seasonality to you know highlight that se- the battle bass season or highlight that uh, specific type of an event good yeah now is it it is interesting i, I suppose how um yeah there's all this stuff going on in these games already and they always sort of need to have this sort of cadence of of change going on there and and, and actually you know over time it doesn't make sense to to put seasons as part of that and sometimes you have sort of these sort of ip collaborations as well they can be all, all, all sort of mixed up i guess we'll get in a bit more detail about exactly sort of what seasonal events sort of maybe somewhat better than others i'll talk a bit about that but i mean sonia how how has that worked in japan because japan is sort of you know in, in in the history of sort of gaming has been very very focused on on mobile live ops that's sort of where where a lot of that those sort of um best practice and stuff came from obviously japan has a very different sort of calendar <laughs> and probably has loads of events that I, i've never even heard of so um can you give us a sort of flavor of, of what sort of seasonal events look like for the japanese market and which are some of the sort of bigger events yeah sure so there are a couple of differences to the western market obviously but there's we do see a lot of the same type of stuff that erno was talking about like uh, utilizing an existing framework and then sort of just uh putting on the seasonal skin on everything that you're doing already in your regular events. But in addition to that, there are a couple of differences, I think. And uh, the major points, I think, are one, as you said, that the major holidays are quite different. Some of them are like completely unique or unknown to most of the Western world. And some, such as the New Year, is is the same as everywhere. But I mean, New Year's is obviously celebrated everywhere, but uh, the traditions linked to that are quite different. Then another thing is that the biggest events in general in the Japanese market, I feel, are focused around these big holidays. And the biggest ones are the New Year's and then in Japan, Golden Week. And these are two holidays where they're centralized holidays, so to speak. So everybody has time off from school and work. And this time off is very precious and rare. And and it's pretty easy because it's so centralized. It's pretty easy to, to focus your event and all of your resources as a developer on those periods because you will get sort of centralized revenue from them also because a lot of people have free time and they will they will be playing and they are also expecting that there is going to be a big event during golden week and they're already used to this this like annual big seasonal events can you explain what golden week is and and, and where when in the year it is for i I don't know so i've I've heard of it but i don't know yes sorry of course yeah (laughs) so golden week is a series of like individual free days or days off and like public holidays. It changes a little bit by the year, I think, but it's somewhere between the end of April and beginning of May. So it's about a week's national holiday. Can I ask, because I, I don't know either, to be honest, like where does it come from? Like what's the, you know, heritage of, of Golden Like why they are celebrating it? Well, there are these, um, as I said, these separate like individual days that each have a different cause to celebrate. One is, I think, Children's Day and so on. So it's like a cluster of a small national holidays. It's an interesting point you you brought up there, which is, um, I guess, why why seasonal days are important um, <laughs> for all sort of games as a service to sort of think about. Because, I mean, some of them, not so much, I guess, we'll talk a bit about Halloween. I mean, Halloween is, is just sort of a, a cultural event that sort of over the last you know 20 years sort of moved from North America to become very much a global sort of event. 
but then you do have these very is more I guess kind of embedded into society where people actually are on holiday and that's sort of a key thing I guess for games because generally when people are on holiday they have more free time which means they have more time to play games which actually means sort of a key sort of um, financial opportunity to generate more money off your players because your players are aren't at work and maybe they are actually sort of sitting around if they're younger children they're sitting around in boring family environments going this is really boring <laughs> i don't want to be here so so they're playing games more so there's this sort of interesting monetization sort of sort of aspect to seasonal events that you don't that you can you can get i suppose from live opt in general but these are actually sort of quite big opportunities aren't they so to to really be able to get people spending and then maybe they've saved up money and if it's like a like a holiday season it's always famously i suppose it's always like was it on sort of boxing day you always this massive spike of of new iphones or new devices coming on board and people spending them it's sort of of quite interesting and that's i guess why game developers need to be doing it because if they're if they're not doing it then their competitors are the fact everyone does it is probably probably no one gets a competitive advantage from it but if you're not doing it you're definitely sort of losing out there yeah and i would say it's also quite interesting uh, especially, I would say, like I mentioned, most of the games that are big in West, they seem to be, you know, following just the framework, and it's it's quite, you know, of course, it's in terms of resources, it's it's it makes all the sense. But especially those games that are like highly, highly, you know, engaged. When you're playing the game, you need to be highly engaged, and 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 you actively have to play the game, and there's no, you know, that kind of a grind. So just an example that comes to my mind is, you know, Genshin Impact, which is just this like massive action RPG game that doesn't have any, you know, automation options and so on. And then when tying to this, that like what areas of the year people have the most time and against the impact always has the easily the biggest events. They always have a big event, but like the always the biggest event of the year, at least a couple past two years now, the game has been live, have been actually during the summer. And that's the, you know, the biggest event, the most, you know, content. Uh, they always bring, bring a lot of content. There. It's crazy, the live ops. Anyways, but the kind of like a spike, the biggest spike of uh, stuff to do always happens actually during the summer when people are on, on holidays. So. so I wonder if you sort of go, go through some of the, some of the um, sort of seasonal things. So I guess we have these ones, we mentioned sort of Chinese New Year, which is a bit different to Western New Year, sort of like, like a month out. But those are, I guess people know how to deal with those. Can there be too many seasonal events? I mean, I guess if you're a Chinese game, you're probably going to go for the Chinese New Year as, as a seasonal event. If you did New Year, like the, say, Western New Year and then Chinese New Year, would that be, would those be too close to each other? Would you sort of, is there only so many seasonal events you can do, do you think? With all the other stuff that's going on in games as well. Well, I I, I can start this one again, uh, continue from there. But like I think, especially you know, it's been interesting to see, especially the Lunar New Year. How is I would say it's kind of goes also a bit hand in hand. At least I don't know from my point of view here in Finland. Like Lunar New Year wasn't like outside of games wasn't that big of a thing. You know, I don't know five six years ago. But if you know nowadays, look, there are a lot of celebrations even in uh, you know finland in helsinki there are like lunar new year new year and you can see it in the kind of like the in the city and so on you can see it much more than what you used to be so i think it kind of like also goes hand in hand that these events become more and more relevant or like visible also in the games in the in in the different you know geographies and, and, and so on so at least lunar new year is one of the bigger ones in my, my opinion it's definitely kind of like and it's almost is almost all the games nowadays have some kind of a lunar new year event but but yeah like mentioned there are so many different ways and something is always going on somewhere in some culture so a lot, lot, to, lot to choose from for sure yeah from the 
Japan team, we we often sort of like joke about it, how it seems like the the Japanese will grasp on any possibility to celebrate or like give a give some kind of offer or give logging bonuses or something. And we joke about this like half year anniversaries or quarter year anniversaries of the game. So at least in the Japanese market, it feels like the users are used to or are expecting these like spikes in content and they are expecting things to be like implemented seasonally or in event format. That's the way I feel. So in my opinion, from the experience on the Japanese market, I don't think there can be too many events. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe the, the Japanese market is very, uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's very sort of focused on that, on those sort of, um, uh, that, sort of that sort of frequency of events, isn't it? I wonder, going back to actually what you were saying, Erno, is is maybe for games, the one, the sort of the seasonal events that work really well and grow over time are ones that have sort of obvious sort of cultural resonance and that, that can be sort of um demonstrated in games so chinese new year or chinese lunar um, new year is because it's every year every year it changes as a different animal you have a quite a strong you know this is the year of the whatever it is ox tiger rat it's a different theme every year whereas so christmas is difficult because christmas is basically father christmas and snow which is every so every year the same yeah we know what it is but it's not necessarily very exciting in a way that sort of a different sort of animal for Chinese New Year could be. Yeah, it's actually actually quite quite good point in that sense, especially if you think about like we're talking about games anyways, and then you need to think about different teams and different ways, you know, create the event or make it, you know, interesting or make, you know, different types of skins or whatever. Like with the Chinese New Year, you have, you know, you can make that year it's the ox, ox skins for your characters or that another year is rat skins and, and so on. So it's... It, Especially that one, it kind of like a suits well as a kind of like an event for actually like mobile games. So it's a good point. And I think, I mean, it's a similar thing. I think Halloween clearly works well in sort of thematically for lots of games as well because it has has its own color scheme. But then there's quite a broad mix of stuff you can do within Halloween. Also, you have you have pumpkins and stuff, but it has you know quite a range of sort of characters you could be putting into games and so any sort of game with sort of uh, combat elements or, or stuff like that. I mean, yeah, obviously even in match three games you could have do that it sort of works out well and i think that's sort of again one of the reasons that that you have these sort of local events that sort of work out that work really well globally because they're so flexible in how you how you can do them whereas there's another one we had here so um maybe up for discussion i think i think there's something to talk about here but yeah something like april fool's day is sort of culturally sort of quite interesting but if you said what does april fool's day look like then there's not any obvious thing we would say, would there? It's quite hard to implement April Fool's Day in a game. That's true, but there are actually, we actually, I think some of our team wrote even actually a blog post about different implementations for April's Fool. And it's a, it's a kind of like an event that allows, you know, usually the events are not big, but it allows, you know, do some really weird, wild stuff because the day is like that, like you need to, you know, fool someone uh, in a different uh, type of type of way, and that gives a kind of like a creative freedom for that one day, which is quite quite interesting. It's not so restrictive, maybe like like the Christmas that oh, okay, it's always that you know snow and Santa, like you mentioned. And one thing that came to mind about this was that, as you said, it's it's difficult to say what April Fools looks like. So there aren't these like material traditions or like objects that you can build the event around but uh, my sort of third point from the differences from the east is this material side and the like very rich material and concrete 
traditions that people associate with these holidays and events. There's a lot of like things that people do in real life or use in real life, like a lot of objects that you can utilize to build a completely separate event area based on. So I feel that in the East, this is maybe one reason why they tend to do this more. Like they tend to actually build more unique playable content around the big events. And one example of this was this like fireworks festival. It's like a a tradition in August where people go to their local village area and they enjoy like a a fireworks spectacle, maybe organized by the city. This is in real life. And because it's in August and it's very hot, so people dress in yukatas and that's the traditional Japanese summer clothing. And uh, part of the tradition is that the community becomes very active and they have these like booths where you can buy food, like seasonal food, or where you can play small games, like fish, small items from a fake pond or whatever. And then at the end of the evening, you gaze at the fireworks together with your friends and family. So it's already, there's a lot to do in real life and a lot to buy and a lot to use, like as in in material objects. So those are maybe easier to then transform into an event space with all these details. And the the yukatas work as skins, obviously, or accessories or whatever. It's interesting you mentioned sort of fireworks there, because in in the UK, we have sort of bonfire night or, or, or guy forms, which is just sort of after... Halloween so it's sort of one of these interesting ones where it used to be quite big in the in the UK and still in various places is but but sort of Halloween sort of overshadowed it and, and it was sometimes but equally if there's a UK based game that sort of you could imagine with sort of V for Vendetta and that sort of look of, of sort of um, how that sort of played into culture there is actually an opportunity there so I guess as some of these some of these ones have these sort of cultural sort of seasonal events that everyone in the world sort of knows that still provides the opportunity for people to use some of these sort of more more local ones, but but use that as a sort of a um, differentiation to other games because because other people. I mean, obviously the problem there is that would work well for a UK market, which is fairly small. But would people in North America know about Guy Fawkes Night? So I guess it's sort of trying to see, trying to sort of play around to see how that works with your game and, and where your audience is. But another thing that brings me on to is all well, these can I think be powerful for retention monetization of existing audiences. Do we think these are useful for gaining new audiences? Because I guess with collaborations, that's clearly a thing where you're bringing in a new IP and you can use that to market the existing game and bring in new people because obviously you always need to be bringing new people into a game. Do we think seasonal events sort of work for that? Or because all games are doing them, it's sort of, yeah, it's very hard to, to get a competitive advantage there. What do you, what do you think, Anna? Yeah, I, I guess like in the big picture, it's probably like that. It's not, uh, you know, it's quite a bit different uh, from, you know, in that sense, like, collaborations like you mentioned but then like 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 mentioned in the earlier uh, discussion that like there are more and more of this diversity of different culture cultural you know seasons that you bring to your game and i don't know let's say you would have the ramadan for example ramadan event and then you are a person who celebrates that and you see that okay this game is Actually, you know, it's including uh, that as part of their event framework. And for example, I know that uh, Brawl Stars from Supercell is really, you know, widely bringing different seasonal events and different cultures and and showcasing also that. So to certain audiences, it, it might help, you know, to 
kind of like increase that uh, sense of belonging, so to speak, or like, especially if, if it's a game, I don't know, like especially living abroad and then your, you know, seasonal event is, uh, you know, celebrated also in the US version of the game. So for sure, uh, I would say to some extent, but, but uh, I don't think the kind of like a impact or the way to use it for, for new user acquisition is, not as as big as for collaboration, for example. Just thinking, there, I guess it depends a little bit on the game. So there's certain games, I mean, one that comes to mind is sort of Subway Surfers that has has that has those sort of every month it sort of changes its location. So they could, you know, they if you already have that sort of sort of vibe going on, then you could play into seasonal events, and, and that becomes another marketing thing because you could you could imagine you know, different things that other games would do. Rio Carnival, you can imagine, oh, we're going going to Rio and doing that. yeah. So you could, it, it does work, but I guess that's harder to do, and it's more specific on the on the actual game game title. Sonia, do you, I mean, are they? It's kind of funny you, you sort of said in, in in Japan there can't be too many seasonal events, but in general, do we? Is the sort of success of these events? Do we think you know there can only be so many really because there's all these other collaborations, all these other sort of limited edition events going on there. So, are we getting to sort of sort of peak seasonal events in games, or is there, is, there, is that being too pessimistic? That's a good question. I guess maybe it's some sort of balance between having maybe some some seasons where there are seasonal events back to back, such as like uh, if you think about Christmas, it might start already like with Halloween in the autumn and then transform into Christmas already quite early on. I think many Christmas events are very long lasting and then straight after that comes New Year's and then uh, depending on the on the year the lunar new year isn't so far behind. So maybe winter is the time of the year when there there's holidays back to back but there's also potential to have the events back to back and people are probably expecting that also but then maybe summertime people have other stuff to do as well i don't know <laughs> yeah and I, I guess you know what i talked about like in the way beginning about the different levels of event that you can have and how different companies use the different seasonal events to different degrees of like events and so on so if you have a you know i don't know a big christmas and christmas event or new year event or something and then but for smaller seasonal uh stuff like uh, for example i don't know what could be Oktoberfest or something like that then you just have a you know and uh, you know iip offer iip bundle for that like not that you know big of a uh, event and that kind of you know tying to different stuff and that's i think like brawl stars for example what i mentioned earlier well they have might have you know a specific skin for a smaller smaller seasonal stuff uh, but then they have proper events for a christmas and play playable mode for like a christmas mode and stuff like that so you know different variety of like how deep your events and how deep seasonal stuff you are uh, like building uh, for different different types of uh, events probably gonna need you know a testing and and just checking out and trying out that okay is this you know resonating uh, for my audience uh, this type of a seasonal event or is it not or should we you know just have an offer on it or some something like that as an example and then also when we looked at collaborations and seasonal events together it seemed that some of the Examples where there was this bigger seasonal event, such as Christmas, for example, and then a smaller collaboration put together with that, which had a shorter duration, but which is probably sort of like utilizing the users that are already there because of Christmas or might be people might come to the game to play the collaboration and then continue the longer lasting Christmas event and 
things like that. That's a good point. Yeah, good. Uh, I have to say the one thing that does really annoy me about seasonal events, mainly about Christmas ones, is is when you have a Christmas event and then it's still mid January and basically like it's the Christmas skins are still there. And it's like no, it's not Christmas anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that's just me being a grumpy old man. <laughs> well, sometimes yeah, and it's the same. Like I don't know, especially like Sonia mentioned that you know coming from Halloween it already you know christmas events start but to be honest if you look especially you know start dates if you look in the real world you know shops are starting to play christmas songs some shops really really early so <laughs> yeah you know exactly mirroring real life lovely good well thank you uh very much uh erno and uh, sonia for your expertise thank you thank you and thank you sonia for coming on for the first time i, ho- I hope hope you enjoyed it so uh, come back definitely thank you and uh thank you to you uh, for uh, watching and listening however you have been consuming the podcast remember every episode we are talking about the mobile games industry the biggest single part of it of the uh, 200 billion dollar annual mobile uh, annual games industry i should say and it is the most sort of fascinating area really fast moving some of these enormous billion dollar games uh, global uh, in in audience and uh, really fascinating so i hope you subscribe uh, to the channel and come back next time to see what we're talking about see you next time